Welcome to Power Start Your Day with Dame Nicola Smith-Jackson, helping everyday people to build their empire and win at life, money, and business. And now, here's your lifestyle money and business coach, Dame Nicola. All right, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Power Start Your Day. It's Dave Nicola Smith-Jackson. We're going to reawaken your spirit this morning, resuscitate your passion, renew your mind, so you can recommit to the plan, because God wants you to uh, win in life, money, and business. Now, I wholly believe that. I truly believe that. And Not only do I want that for you, I want you to want it too, because these times are crazy. And what I want you to do is have a very clear direction, no matter how crazy it gets, because the truth is, the world has always been crazy. So I just truly believe that the kingdom is the way. Now, everyone's not going to agree with that, and that's okay, but I want us to just kind of... Incline our ear to some wisdom. And today we're going to be asking a question. And the question is, is earning a lot of money hard or are you making it hard? Everything you want is already available to you. Our scripture today is coming out of Proverbs 22 and 9, and I want us to go to the Lord. I know some people, they this part, they don't really necessarily uh, want to be a part about this part, but this part, um, I want you to um, just open up your heart and your mind to some prayer, because I got to pray. I've seen some things happening, and many people are just unaware, and I don't want you to continue to be blindsided, because you're going to need to be an entrepreneur and position yourself for power. Let's go to the Lord together. Father God, we come before you. We honor you today because today is the day you've been, and we're glad we're graced we're here in the land of living. Heavenly Father, on this day, where there is so much chaos in the world, I am asking that there be a peace that surpasses all understanding so that your people's minds are clear, they are without fear, and they are going from faith to faith. We are thanking you, O oh Father God, that our faith is increasing now, that even everything that we want, we know that is available to us, even if we cannot see it for ourselves right now. We are thankful, O oh dear Lord, that everything that has been manifested first begins with a thought. And so we want to have the right thoughts so we can take the right action. The mystified idea of becoming a joint heir of Christ, where we will be able to live an abundant life. It appears to be hard for your people, but it's how they think. As we're transforming our thoughts by renewing our minds today and every day, to know that we have every right to all things good, and you desire to give it to us. We honor you and bless you and seal this prayer with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I want to bring up a few people on the stage. I see Bishop uh, Razzie Mason here. I know he's probably 
pretty new when it comes to uh, Clubhouse. And I noted on yesterday, we had a, a very, very, very uh, intense and a great call. We know that a lot of our speakers, they are um, typically in a lot of other rooms. So if Myron and, and Abdul will hop in, we we'll may see them in a moment here. But this is what I want to talk about on today. And um, even on Blog Talk, I heard that you could hear us on Clubhouse. So um, I want to ask this question, and I need you to write that question down, because I need your whole being, your spirit, your soul, and your flesh needs to be asked this question. So I need you to write it down. And the question, again, is, is making a lot of money hard, or are you making it hard? The word of God says this, and I found a key, and I believe it's definitely one of the master key. And I'm not talking about master key like the biggest key. I'm talking about a key from my master. And the word says, the generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Now, I know that in your mind, you might be thinking about the fish and the loaves of bread. Maybe. I don't know. That came to my mind. But when you begin to think about that, a the lunch of a kid became and how they fed so many people just by the kid giving it up. And I found that many People make, no matter how much you say, hey, listen, you just got to give value, give value. And then it clicked to me that many people don't believe they have anything of value to give. So they are either, it's not that they're stingy. I, I have mentored and trained thousands upon thousands and thousands of people. And I hear the same question from a different voice or a different name, which means it's still the same spirit. And it goes a little deeper than just the spirit of fear. It goes a little deeper than that because fear is how we generalize it, but many people never get to the root of the problem because we're generalizing individuals who are feeling for many different reasons. And this is what I want to hear from you as you're coming in to raise your hand as to what do you feel you have to offer? Because the word tells us right here, and it says it, I just like to keep things simple. I like to keep things simple. I know that we can break this down theologically. No, I am talking about logically to the point where you will allow it to be how you make your decisions. Go to your soul, your decision-making center, so you'll allow, align spiritually. Says the generous, what do you have in abundance? Everyone has something more than somebody else. And it's allowed you to make it this far. When you start thinking about the food to the poor, it's like, hey, 
If you give food to the poor, it helps them survive. It can help them thrive. You never know who you're feeding and what's going to sprout up from that. You know, myself being a female in industries or in leadership, it's not easy. As a matter of fact, I know that there are some people that would probably rather I not even be in the positions that I am in. But if I were not focusing on giving food for the poor, I would fall into what people didn't want for me versus what God wanted me to do. He says, the generous will themselves be blessed. And I call myself blessed. I want you to know that you are blessed and all you got to do is know that everything is available to you. The key lies in what you're willing to give. We all have something to give. I don't care how hard your life has been. I don't care what people have said about you, what people have done to you. you we all have something to give. But will you give it? Will you give it? You don't know how many people you're going to feed. And that's how I've earned my millions. And then I was generous with it. I feed people with what I have, not what somebody else has. I want to open up right now, and I want to have Bishop, 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 good morning to you. God bless you. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Nicola. Thank you so very much for even extending the privilege of sharing your platform with me on this morning. So excited to be here. Well, I, I, you know, Bishop, I would love for you as, I want you to first tell a little bit about yourself because you're not only a, a man of God in that has definitely led many, but you're also a very learned man. Uh, and I believe right now you're in, you're in a class. You can tell a little bit about yourself because this is the thing. Um, you know, sometimes people believe that as soon as someone says, they do what they do based off of what God tells them to do. Sometimes the walls go up, right? And, and, they, and they begin, and especially people of God, they start saying, okay, if I start talking about church, that's going to turn people off. Or I start talking about God, that's going to turn people off. But God has anointed us in the areas of business, marketplace, areas that we can give food to the poor. Not necessarily, yeah, we can give them some you know, grocery, we're talking about so they can eat. We're talking about showing people how to fish they can go in and eat for a lifetime. Can you tell us about that? What are, you, what are your thoughts about that? We've had some conversations. Most definitely. So, again, thank you so very much. And, I, of course, I'm Bishop Bradley Mason. I've uh, been in ministry around 30 years. Uh, of course, I've been privileged um, to receive my doctorate in ministry, as well as um, my bachelor's in biblical studies. And the reason I'm saying that is because as I reverse engineer the process and think about how I came to be, I came from the streets, my byproduct of the streets, um, started um, doing drugs at age 11, started selling drugs at 13. I'm a byproduct of a second-generational dope system. I was raised in a dope house with my dad. Uh, had a very, very strange encounter with God when I was 19 years old that ultimately led me to the place in which I am now. To fast forward to the present, 
um, about a month ago, I had an experience where I ended up in the hospital with double pneumonia in both of my lungs, died three times and came back. And as I came back, the Lord spoke to me about shifting my ministry. At that particular time, I remember having an encounter with you about four years ago when you spoke to me on the phone. Uh, my mind just wasn't ready to receive it. I was so focused on what I was doing in ministry at the time, but I had no idea that what you said to me ultimately planted a seed within me, which brought me to the place where I had an epiphany in the hospital, and I joined an amazing company called FES in the hospital. And I said to you when we had a conversation that the Lord told me I had to move with haste because he wanted to utilize me in order to bring credibility to his people and ultimately prepare the body of Christ for a shift that was getting ready to take place. And that same shift is the shift that you've been talking about for the last few days, which is the wealth transfer that's getting ready to come. And God spoke to me and told me, he said, I'm not going to rain money from the sky. In fact, he said this to me. He said, I'm not going to do any of the things you think I've done for you in the past. I didn't understand. He said, I've never paid your bills. He said, I've never given you one quarter. I didn't get that. He said, I don't give you what you need. I send you who you need, who has what you need. And it took me to St. Luke 6 and 38. It said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shaken together. Running over shall men give unto your bosoms. He said, I'm going to cause men. He said, because the commodity of the 21st century that you're going to need most of all is going to be relationships. And to fast forward again and uh, reverse back to what you were saying about your generosity. He said this to me. He said, generosity births opportunities. And so I'm going to extend opportunities to those who are willing to be generous, which is what you spoke of even in the scripture when the Bible talks about there being a certain class of people who are going to be blessed who take care of the poor. In that particular scripture, the Greek, the Hebrew term for blessed is not the one we would think it is, which is the normal term that's used for blessed as it is in Malachi 3 and 12 when he says all the nations are going to call you blessed. That's assure. Assure means to progress and to advance. The word he uses here in Proverbs 22 is the same word used in Genesis 1 and 28, which is barak which means to bow, kneel down, and bless, which speaks of a breaking of the wheel. There has to be a breaking of your own will, your own selfishness, in order for God to be able to use you as a reservoir to bless somebody else and to advance the kingdom agenda. Because in this particular shift that God brought us in, you know, we have conversations, uh, uh, Dr. Nicola, and, you know, again, to borrow from where I come from, my own vernacular, I believe that even when the church experienced the pandemic, because for the first time, every system was affected, which was uh, the church, the religious system, um, the system, and, and seven mountains, let me say it that way, and I won't go through all of them, but we know it, it spans from business to the arts to education and religion. And I believe he affected religion because he was, in essence, letting the feds raid the dope house and shut it down, where we would be forced to do things differently. And he was ultimately trying to create a new system and the shift. And that particular shift that God spoke to me about during that particular time is what brought me to this place. He told me the shift would be situational hardships. 
insisting forced transitions. In other words, I couldn't get you to move, so I'm forcing you to move. And he said, for so long, we've had marketplace ministers like yourself coming to the church, trying to get in the door, but leaders have been putting the deadbolt on the door and keeping you out. He said, so what I'm doing now, since you wouldn't let the marketplace ministers come into the church to bring the marketplace to ministry, I'm forcing the ministry to go out into the marketplace. Mm. And that's what he said he was doing with me, where I had to put myself in a position to be properly mentored. And again, I am so honored that you, uh, I, I couldn't think of a greater mentor than you. God has just uniquely graced you with a marketplace anointing in this last season. Uh, and so through that, I've been able to create a certain balance. And it's like I am literally presiding over a marriage where I am giving away the ministry to the betrothed uh, marketplace. And they have been engaged for so long, but nobody's given them permission to consummate the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's taking place now. That's what this entire shift is about. But if there's not generosity, there's not going to be opportunity. And I don't mean to toot your horn, and I, and I promise you I'm done. I don't mean to elongate this. But people like you, uh, people like Brother Nate, who's just been blessing me, I, I love to hear him speak as well, who are just so open and generous with information. When we talk about giving to the poor, I believe the first gift you got to be willing to give is the gift of you. And you have to recognize that you have literally been positioned on purpose in this season to be a gift to somebody else, which is why you have to constantly replenish yourself so that you can have value to extend to other people. And that's what you are doing, people like Nate are doing, and you are making this particular shift so smooth where it doesn't have to be rocky. And so what you said in the beginning doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard to make money, to get yourself positioned where you can receive it. But if you don't get positioned, you don't open up your heart, become generous, you won't get the opportunities, opportunities extended in this season. So thank you so much for allowing me to share. Wow, that right there, this like a huge sum up. When, when, when I, um, you know, <laughs> Bishop, you know, in talking to me, you know, I'll just say, whatever comes to my heart. And when God gave it to me, he said, it's, everything is available to you. And this is the first thing. The first part is, do you believe everything is available? Of course, because they're watching other people experience things they want. So it's available. If you are willing, what are you willing to give? And you discuss that person's will. God cannot override our will. We even choose to believe he is or not. We get to choose. When I found that, and, and I know how God, you know, brought us to a place where a Bishop Mason would, you know, come back around after four years we talked. And then when we talked again, he's like, oh, wow, I wish I'd. And I'm like, no, this is the exact timing. But I want you to know that when, when I surrendered my will 
to operating in God's perfect will, things just got better for me. Things just got better for me. I, I, I don't like to make people think that it's like this magic wand or you got to do this. And, and what I mean is that he'll say, hey, you're going to reap what you sow. So I start reaping what I wanted to get in return. If I want help when I need it, I just give help to people when they need it. He said, hey, the fruit is only going to reproduce out of its own kind. Like, you'll know the tree by the fruit it bears. So even when I don't understand it, I'll say, okay, well, I'll ask the Holy Spirit. Help me understand that. I need him to say just straight. He said, well, if you want money, you better sow money. You won't love, you better sow love. Because whatever you sow is what you're going to grow. So people say, well, how is she so generous? What have you? No, I'm like, I'm going to sow. And, and it just works. I'm not talking about complex principles, but then you have to ask yourself, are you willing to give what you want? No, most people are only willing to receive what they want. They don't give what they want. They only want to receive what they want. And then they want to understand why would God give the seed to the sower? He gives the seed to the sower. He gives the seed to the people who sow. So you say, well, I want some seed. We'll start sowing and more will come. It will multiply. That's all I do. I'm, I'm, I'm just making it very very simple. I just follow instructions. Nate, what, what would you share? Because, like, following instructions is difficult. Do, do you remember in school where you might get an answer wrong because people already presumed the answer before they read the instructions? Like, it might, you know, those trick questions like, what is it not? And you didn't read the instructions and you clicked what it was instead of what it was not. You didn't read the not part. Do you, can you, what do we talk about instructions? Because isn't the Bible, I don't even know where that acronym came for. Maybe Bishop can tell us about, you know, basic instructions before leaving earth. I don't know. That wasn't taught to me. I don't know. It makes sense though. I don't, tell me, what's up, Nate? Good morning. God bless you, King. I got two powerful kings on the line this morning. Good morning. Great morning. Great morning, my sister. And wow, Bishop has me in tears over here because my god he just spoke to my heart in understanding that we are the season right now where we have people we just don't understand the instructions and i'll tell you that question that you asked me is is one that speaks to the heart of what i think the the true issue is and that is how to think versus what to think mm -hmm. How to think versus what to think. You know, the, the greatest the greatest degree of communication is listening. And sadly, we don't get trained to to listen to understand. And so when I deal with working with people on a one-off basis and I see where there's a block with following that written word, I, I have to remember that we've been conditioned 
in a certain way in which we just don't get fed the information that truly educate, equip, and empower us to move forward independently with our with our mind. You know, I always tell people that, and for those of you that never heard me, my name is Nate Scott. I'm the author of Life is Rich, How to Create Lasting Wealth. I'm a former enlisted soldier, Desert Storm vet, West Corn grad, who got introduced to the world of personal growth and development and entrepreneurship in 96, the week I graduated from West Point. And I tell people, take away my degrees from school. When I learned to pick up books and go to seminars and be around successful people, that's what laid the foundation for me to make my first million at 32. It wasn't because of a particular industry. It was because my mind was released. And it was that experience that taught me how to read the Bible as a practical manual. And so in this season right now, it isn't complicated. And I find that's where most of the obstacles run is that we are so counter to what everyone has experienced. Mm -hmm. And this is a season in which speed of trust has to take place. And we've got to really have people to try the spirit by the spirit. I tell you, there have been multiple times in which I've just sown the seed out of obedience where I said, if it was in my spirit, in my, in my natural man, I was like, why am I even going to do this? Mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> into people's lives and literally it seems as if they don't recognize what's being given away mm -hmm. and we have to condition and say hey listen this is the value that was given do you understand what happened there literally where it's sold and people will receive it but then move on as if it was theirs already or not even <laughs> understand the, the gift that was given and, you know i tell you the situation where i, I uh, when i met my wife and 2018 and I gave her a copy of my book I did so because I recognized that she was a leader because of the status symbol that she had and then giving it to her I said read this if you get any value from it you can pay for it later when she contacted me about two weeks later after reading it she had shared it with 30 of her directors they all wanted it from there she asked me to do a conference call with 200 of her ladies I said bring the husbands on and then she asked me to do a training event so I trained on a physical physical event and it was after that that she paid $4,500 to work for me for 90 days now the give was all before there was actually a, 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 a say a, a my big ticket item if you will five years ago but the seed was sold in all of these other lives that literally that was a part that people didn't even recognize and so I shared that because as kingdom believers, we've got to truly understand that God's word is true. It's already his, which therefore as heirs, it's already ours. ours. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's keep it simple, please, somebody. Please keep it simple, somebody.
And how am I going to grow? One thing, if I'm going to get from, I'm going to give first. I'm going to be a person of value. Mm-hmm. What do I bring to? I bring everything I have to his, to his people. And right. then I offer that. I render what I have in order to sow it so that I can then receive that. It's simply an exchange of value. So the question is, what are you doing to find out how you may be of service to others? Right. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited about, and we got to really take this topic and, and push it out when I interview you for my podcast, because we've got to now leverage each other to increase greater reach so we can fight against mm-hmm. those things that keep people, in, keep people in bondage. That's right. You know, we have, we have people in bondage that are so strong and powerful that we can actually engage with them see something in them, offer them a key to move along what they already are doing, but literally the wall, the devil, I won't even say the devil, the walls will come up mm-hmm. mentally where they won't even receive it, even if you're just trying to serve them. Mm-hmm. And we've got to figure out a way to, we've got to, we've got to really speak to that. And we've got to really understand and accept people where they're at. But it's, it breaks my heart. And that's why I said when Bishop was speaking, I literally started to tear up here because I'm like, my heart is pure. My desire to serve is all about pointing people back to who they already. I just want to hold a mirror up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are wonderfully made and you're uniquely made. So you don't have to have any competition. You don't have to be a That's friend. Right. You just got to think about the one thing, which is business is all people. What you're, Your business is people. Absolutely. Serve people. That is your asset. That's what you have that you pick up and move and you figure out, you find that one relationship and in that relationship you go deep versus wide. Mm -hmm. How can you serve? Because there are only three ways to increase your revenue. Mm -hmm. Either you want to get new customers or you're going to get your customers buying more often or you're going to get your people paying more. And so at the end of the day, it's about delivering value, serving them, and in turn, there's an exchange that comes right back. And so I can go on, but I... I appreciate you so much because this here is the this is the season, mm-hmm. and we've got to stand boldly, we've got to stand strongly, and we've got to continue to edify each of us based upon the value that we are. Not about no titles, not That's about right. what we heard about, but by trying the spirit by the spirit and realize that this is the time that God has positioned us to go forth and raise up people. And that's why I'm not taking the easy route. My focus is that $10 million endowment fund, which simply means let's build those assets up mm-hmm. in the people. And then consequently, we have even more that we can go out because each one of us brings gifts to the table. We just, But everyone hasn't done what we've done to learn how to now turn that thing into money. That's why they need the help. You know, it's so powerful. That's why, you know, we did the vision to profit challenge the five-day challenge wasn't about and i i know that there are some people that let 97 dollars stand in between them and them getting access see this is it's available but how do you get access and then you gotta know how to get access so you're taking the right action most people would rather stay on the outside and continue to either emulate or ear hustle. And when, when, I, when I look at that, you know, day one of the challenge, we kind of, I'm like, hey, this is the center. You're the center of this. And we just need to now identify your love life. 
your spiritual life with God, and then who's the next person that you love, and then now your family and friends. And some people might think that that's so boring, but they don't even understand that if you don't even know how to master things like relationship, there's no way you're going to master money. And you might say, well, no, we see people getting divorces every day with a lot of money. You're not on the inside of their house. And if that's what you want, then go get it. But that's not what most people want. I don't care how rich people, I've been in a room with heartbroken billionaires. Do you want to have a billion dollars and have your heart broken? Or living with your heart broken? Nobody that when everything, when the lights, cameras is shut off, that you don't have anybody that you can look at and you can really trust and say, I love you for real, for real. And so, but those are the things of why sometimes you might get up and you decide that you can't even go and fish for your customers and business partners because you feel nobody wants you. Now, you know, I'm going to just speak real. But when you already know that not only do God want you, he have you, and you can have him, then you'll become more attractive. Attraction marketing. Just ask the question, are people more attracted to people who need something or already have something that they need? Uh-oh. And so when I start telling them about, hey, let's talk about these relationships and let's put what you'd like, not about what you have, but what you want. And if you don't know what that is, whatever you have now that you don't want, what's the opposite of that? And that's what you really want. And then now we start to go through this. Now we can start talking about what do you have to offer? Because most people don't think they have any value. So we start talking about here, you know, your career or how you're going to have influence. Some people want influence outside of their lane. That's hard. That's hard to have influence outside of your lane. It really is. That's why making money is hard for people because they want to make money in someone else's lane versus their own. Money comes to me easily and frequently. That's not only what I say, that's what I mean, and that's what I do. Money comes to me easily and frequently. And as I'm talking to you on this phone, money is moving all around for me. And I'm sitting still in my home office, kiss my husband goodbye, and after I get off the line, get ready for all the other things I'm doing, because money is coming to me easily and frequently. We got to start writing affirmations that we mean. Yes. Let me give it to you. I, I, let me piggyback on what you just now said about the power of affirmations, and and I'll encourage everyone as you're saying these things, you got to also understand that it's only going to be as true as you believe it to mm-hmm. be. It's only going to be as true as you mean it to be. And so, here's one that I wrote several years ago that I encouraged the believer to to consider. And at first is. Dramatic wealth is a virtue. In fact, I encourage you all in your space to to repeat it along with me in your own space and, and just feel it and be present. Dramatic wealth is a virtue. Dramatic wealth is a virtue. Dramatic wealth is a virtue. I'm open and receptive to any ideas and people 
that will help me to achieve my goal of dramatic wealth. I'm open and receptive to any ideas and people that will help me to achieve my goal of dramatic wealth. I'm open and receptive to any ideas and people that will help me to achieve my goal of dramatic wealth. I am worth 100000 per month, and I love sharing it with those in need. I am worth 100000 per month, and I love sharing it with those in need. I am worth 100000 per month, and I love sharing it with those in need. Through perseverance, I am creating the financial dynasty that I so richly deserve. Through perseverance, I am creating the financial dynasty I so richly deserve. Through perseverance, we are creating the financial dynasty that we so richly deserve. Well, I'm so glad you talked about the we, because most people don't know how to play team. The moment teams start moving them into the rightful position of wealth, they go silo or solo. Nobody can't tell me now, rolling with 450,000 people over 13 years straight, unwavering faith and consistency and courage, nobody can't tell me. And I never heard, and, and, and Bishop can confirm, I never heard the Trinity breaking up. Have you, Bishop? Did the Trinity ever break up? <laughs> did they ever break up? Did they, they did they ever break up? Never. I, I I didn't I didn't hear Jesus come back and say later on now that we do have man that God, you not God, you not the Father no more. I never heard the Holy Spirit start saying, Jesus, I already know what you did, but you know what? I could do it better than you. Um, I never, I never, I never heard. Have you ever heard anything like that? But I have seen when that happened into the Bible. When it happens in the Bible, destruction comes. Something breaks when people start trying to be out of their own lane. Am I, am I keeping this simple? Because I just have to keep this simple. Valerie, good morning. God bless you. I had a young lady had a question though before Valerie comes up. Because there was a young, there was some people had their hand raised. I brought them in. Amber Brodus, I think. Something kind of, something's happening with them. I needed to hear, I needed to hear from some women because women carry a really heavy mantle and we suppress it all the time just to either impress or so that people won't say we're not worthy to make impact. So we got to keep this stoic face. We got to keep this thing where when people try to crush us, walk all over us, what have we call it a leader, they say that's what we deserve. That's what we deserve. I've had it. I know it. Thank God for God. Because if I didn't have God and I didn't have family and I didn't have true love, I would be looking to be approved versus looking for appreciation. I need to hear some women talk about this because we are great leaders, and there are men. You hear Nate and, and, and Bishop who honoring a woman in leadership. They don't feel it's taking anything away from them. 
So women, let's talk about this because sometimes we're like, okay, well, these men might be saying queen, but at home, that ain't what I'm getting. So when I go out there to go do what I'm supposed to do, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to act. So I'm not taking the right actions. I need I need some different access. Any women want to raise their hand? Come on. Yeah. Queen, good morning. Good morning to God be the glory. I I just get so excited that uh for one, there's a blessing. God always I find that God is surrounding me with the people that I need. Again, we spoke the other day about um mentorship and, and having people, having the right people that we could be connected to millions of people. But what, what are we getting out of the people? What are we finding from the people? And one of the things I find from women, women, soon as one of the things you said was so profound, you said something broke, not the Trinity, but something broke. Now, in order for us, I always use this concept. If you're looking at your TV and you don't, the screen is black or, or you got the snow, as long as you keep looking at that TV and don't realize that TV is broken, you're not going to get the TV fixed. And so as women, and I'm glad you brought that up, as women, as soon as you see a sister hmm. and say, hey, girl, how you doing? The first thing we are conditioned to say is, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person that I've got God... I, I guess the Holy Spirit and God kind of gifted me with with uh, a discernment. I could see when people hurt. Like I could be on the bus mm-hmm. and I would spot, I would spot a woman or a man that's broken. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, sis, you all right? And as soon as I see that, at the sound of my voice, they were like, bust out crying. Oh, I'm all right. No, you cannot, you can't keep saying you're all right. If you're hurting, say you're hurting. If you're broke, say you're broke. If you're struggling, say you're broke. When I came on here the other day and um, so you and Nate had, I mean, just was speaking in my spirit. And I love the fact that the newness that I am in Christ, that I'm not ashamed to give my testimony. I'm not ashamed to tell nobody, you know what? Right now, I don't have but 48 cents in my account. I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm not ashamed that to say that I messed up financially and I need help. I'm not ashamed to say I'm in a business right now and I'm on the ground floor and I didn't see nobody giving me hope until I met you. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say that because I'm at the point in my life that in order for us to sit the devil down, we have to talk back to the devil sometime. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want, I want to, I'm hoping that in the little bit that I'm saying, that I would encourage somebody. Mm-hmm. That just like God, God said, tell the devil, get behind me. Mm-hmm. This is what you have to do. Tell these people, tell this man, look, I love you, but we're not uh, we're not growing here, okay? I, I want to get to the set. We've been on this elevator for three days, and we waiting for the elevator to move, and none of us push the button. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this we, we have to get beside that. So even in my in my struggles. I feel so excited about tomorrow because I'm blessed with you. I'm blessed with Nate Smith. I'm blessed with hearing other people. I'm I'm in a I'm in a zone right now that somewhere I'm getting fed mm-hmm. to grow mm-hmm. and think different and think better. So I just want to thank you guys for this platform.
you in my life. It's just a new a new mentor that's going to help me get. I know that I'm getting to the next level. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things I've seen. I don't have to see me getting my 100000 but I know I'm going to get it. Absolutely. This is, let me tell you this here. That's a perfect segue to go back to Bishop, right? Because Bishop, he shared, hey, I came through the dope house so he can he can minister to people how to come out of whatever it is inside of the dope house. He knows about the same thing with me. And then there was a time I want to talk. I want Bishop to talk about his transition into where he now you know, is where he is when he stopped being ashamed that he came out the dope house. Because there are, there are people around you just like me who were taking two different, taking children into two different prisons for them to know who their dads, just to meet their dads. Because one of them, their dad got, you know, locked up when I was five months pregnant, big and pregnant. So when I delivered my son, people say, she drove herself to the hospital. Where was the daddy? He was in jail. And I was all the way in a whole nother state away from my mom, you know, and I was misindependent. I was actually protecting my family because of the things that I had gotten, the, the, the crowd that had gotten myself involved. And I said, if anything happened, I wouldn't want it to happen to my family. So then now, now the next time now I end up with the next thing, okay, he ended up in prison too. So you had two kids, the first 12 years of my first son's life, his father was in prison in the first eight years of my second son's life. Now I'm a single mom with a disabled child and both of their parents are in prison. So I had to take it because I was single. I have to take both of them to see both of their dads. So now here it is. At what point, Bishop, will you stop being ashamed? Did you stop being ashamed? Because there are some people that shame. When people call evil, I don't make it all like Wicked Witch of the West. It's whatever comes against the word of God on your life. Bishop, can you tell me when did you stop being ashamed? Because most people are ashamed. That's why they don't even feel like they can really open up themselves to add value to others. They don't feel they're worthy. Can we talk about that, Bishop, of when you begin to really understand no matter what it was that you start knowing that you were worthy, not just to only testify at church, but to go out there and do business. Can you can you share that with us? Yes, ma'am, and thank you again for this opportunity to share. Um, initially, for me, it, it happened when I had an experience with God personally, because religion will place so many rules and regulations upon you, mm-hmm. on what you can do and what you cannot do, and religion right. has a tendency to teach you how to disguise what God wants you to expose. Um, God, God wants you to be vulnerable. In fact, with Israel, his problem with Israel was not that they had so many issues. It was the fact that they were too arrogant to admit it. Mm. When God gave Moses the law to give to Israel, he expected Israel to reject the law and say, we can't do it. But that arrogance caused them to try to do it, which is what it frustrated God with them. And so for me, I, and, and you and I talked about this before, Dr. Nicola, on, on how you didn't come through the church, which, mm-hmm. was, which is what makes you such a unique gift. For me, although I, my mom was in church and I, I was exposed to religion, I, I, I would be the opposite example of, of Alvin Taufer, the future futurist. He said the illiterate of the 21st century are those, not those who can't read and write, but those who can't learn, unlearn, and relearn. Well, with me, I didn't have to learn, unlearn, and relearn because I didn't have religion. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know what I wasn't supposed to say. So I was telling <laughs> folk I was a dope boy. 
I, I was telling people I was a saved thug. I, I was telling people my testimony. And God said to me, he said, your experiences and your story doesn't disqualify you. It is what actually mm. qualifies you to, to be able to have some degree of authenticity when you speak where people can feel you there is an array and a glimmer of hope for them. Because let's be honest, we have so many church superstars who are lying, who are struggling, who are vulnerable, but because the church and religion has taught them to check their minds at the door. And and, and this is what I call, and, and Nate, thank you for saying what you said about the mind, but because what I found is, particularly with charismatic folk, those of us who robo shop and, and all that, and, and I'm not being ugly because, I, you know, I'm going to talk to myself, but the reality is, we are taught to just do everything by the spirit mm-hmm. when not realizing that you can't operate in mindless ministry and be effective, but they want us to check our minds at the door and just say, wow. we're trusting God. Mm-hmm. You can't have faith in God without your mind, mm-hmm. but, but, but they don't want us to, to, you know, to think and to reason and to look at things cognitively. And so as a result, we end up operating in a great de- uh, degree of ignorance. Now, as it relates to where I am now, and being exposed, and I'm constantly being exposed. That's why, again, submit myself to you and others that have my answers. God said this to me, stop dwelling among people who have your problems and find people who mm. have your answers. Mm. And, 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 and that's what we do. And I don't mean any harm by this, but I say it all the time. Ray Charles never drove Stevie Wonder home from the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, mercy and you've got to learn how to put take ego out of it and submit yourself and say, I'm ignorant in this area, and you have to strengthen me. And, and, and Dr. Nicole, if I may share this one thing Absolutely. that may not be germane, but here's what God said to me. Uh, he, he said, you need to understand what took place last week at the Capitol. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and he said, have you noticed that y'all are grieved? I said, yes, sir. He said, you're grieved like a grief you've experienced before. I said, what is that? He mm-hmm. said, nine I said, why? He said, because during 911, it was the first time, it wasn't the first time y'all had been in war, but it was the first time the fight was brought to American soil. Mm-hmm. You felt violated. It mm-hmm. was like somebody broke in your house. Mm-hmm. And then so he said, now the problem is, it's not someone else bringing the war to us. It is the war being started by us against us. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, understand where it happened, the capital where people sit in judgment to decide capitalism. Mm. And he said, what I'm trying to get you to see is people are not rebelling against a person. They're booking a system. Mm-hmm. That this kingdom system, which is what you've been talking about, mm. this kingdom system is what they're rebelling against. Because when you guys studied these people, some of these were people of well-repute, established business owners, who literally, you could look in their eyes, and there was a maddening sense and a feeling about them where they they were just overtaken demonically Mm. because there was an uprising and upheaval against the system. Jesus said this, now into the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of violence is divided taken by force. We use that in spiritual warfare Mm. and we don't contextually. Uh, The kingdom suffering violence, he was talking about all the people prior to John, the prophets who had gone through, been murdered, martyred, and suffered. He said because there was a rebellion against a system. John represents the introduction of a new system. That's where we are now, a new kingdom system where there was a stimulus package from heaven coming to override the stem 
that they're trying to give you to keep you in poverty. Mm -hmm. This particular uprising that's taking place, God said, I'm you, uh, a prophet. I said, why a pastor? He said, because a pastor the days of the Western days were people who they would not normally be in moral authority, but people would put a badge on them for this and use them. People like yourself, who, 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 who the church has tried to keep out, who the church has tried to keep out, but the business world accepted so they could groom you to come back to us and speak <laughs> to us, divinely deputized to deliver us. Uh, I, I close with this. If you ever look at what took place in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's recorded in the Gospel of John 18 and then in the Synoptic Gospel of Matthew 20. When they arrested Jesus, Peter took his sword and cut off the ear of a servant called Malthus. Now understand, Peter was not necessarily protecting Jesus. He was protecting an idea of a revolution of a system that was supposed to be implemented. Jesus represented a revolutionary system that would rebel against the Roman government. And Peter didn't see Jesus who he was. He just knew if y'all arrest him, we're not going to have the institution of a revolution. So I got to cut the ear off. Now, cutting the ear off was significant because Peter's name in the Hebrew, Simon, means to hear. In the Greek, it's Petros, which is from Petra, which means Jesus. So Peter was a representation of Christ. Malchus means kingdom in the Greek. So when he cuts his ear off, he's cutting the ear off of a new system. Hmm. We're in the Hebrew year of 5781. Now, when you look at that particular number, one in the Hebrew, it's Allah. It means God. Eight means the mouth. It is the year of the mouth of God, which simply means we got to cut off the old ear if we're going to hear God. There we go. There we go. You and Nate and people like you are prophetic apostolic voices. And I'm telling y'all, if, when we're on these power starts, man, we're so privileged because not only are we getting information that people and they pay thousands of dollars for, but through our soul and spiritual infusion, we are becoming millionaires and billionaires. We are becoming men and women of influence and affluence because of this new marketplace grace and anointing that they are unselfishly pouring into us. But we've got to have a listening ear by the speaking talk. My God. You know, Bishop, you, 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 you summed everything up as we're about to close out, but I, I need to hear it. Let me tell you something. The, you said that the church, they basically didn't accept it, literally. And God knows I love my pastors, but I literally grew, and, and they did not even really open up as much. My pastor, she would put me on other platforms, but there were challenges with the board of the church or whoever. They didn't want me to come in and talk to them about positioning the people uh, fiscally and helping them understand finances so that right now we wouldn't need a stimulus. But I'm not bitter. I got better. I continue to grow and still so. But then on the other side, the now in the business world, they don't want to hear God. They think that God is church. So they don't want to hear God either. So they don't fully accept me either. Thank God I wasn't looking for approval. Purpose don't need permission. And this is why inside of the, the five-day Vision of Profit Challenge, I'm helping people with their brand messages say, you got to identify your purpose because that does not need to shut down if a building shut down. You see, that's why some people, once they lose their job, they don't feel they have any value. Once the business shut off, they don't think that they mean anything anymore. 
Once somebody shut a door, they forgot that they, God already opened the window. And, and so in that message for me, in the new economy, they're going to catch up later because it is new, like you said. It's new. So when anything is unfamiliar, they fear it. Even though we were talking abundance in the church, they fear the millionaire. Even though we're talking about making millions in the business, they fear the God-fearing woman. People know I just talk, talk it straight. There's some people in the audience that already know and see the persecution, but to be in Christ is to be crucified with them. That's where I am. I'm team kingdom. It's new, but it ain't new. And that's why we got to keep it simple. It's new, but it ain't new. It's just it's time. It's time. Uh, uh, Dr. Nicola, may, may I implore the people to join uh, others who I know are already doing it? We've got to pray and protect you in this season. Mm-hmm. You, you are a rare gift. And I know the enemy is frustrated because where there's opportunity, there's opposition. Uh, Paul said, a great and effectual door is open unto me, but yet there are many adversaries. Mm. 16 and 9. And, and there are people who are right now creating a demonic undercurrent to literally assassinate you. Mm. And we've got to pray for you. That, that's why you're heightened and sensitive, and you're so sensitive in this season, because of where God is strategically placing you. And, and, and we've got to cover you. And, you know, I've been joking with you, telling you that's why you got to start the, the uh, Blue Billionaires Club. You know? <laughs> I, I am. I'm going to be obedient. <laughs> but but, but, but you, you have, and, and, and as you said, alpha men, alpha males following you, submitting ourselves and gifts unto you because God has uniquely graced you in this season to be able to practically share principles with us to get us to the place where we need to be. And you're doing it so unselfishly and the enemy doesn't like it because you are a spiritual Harriet Tubman and you created a railroad and you are sneaking us out one Blog talk, that was good. We'll see you soon. Thanks for hanging in there. We'll see you on Clubhouse at Sunday. You keep hanging in. It's going to get better. Paradigm shift that's coming for all of us.